Gordon Dundas, this is episode two. Can you hear? We're, we're, we've got sound effects in the background. Ah, uh, yeah, we're not in the Edinburgh today. <laughs> we've went East Coast episode one. Where are we for episode two? Well, everybody knows because it's in the title of the show. But where are we? We're at Glengoyne Distillery. Oh, we've decided just to pitch up and... Uh, Roll into town, roll into you know where one of our brands where it all began. Absolutely, and I have just spent a lot of time listening to the brand plan this morning. I'm totally up to date with the future of this brand. <laughs> oh, right. So there is a future. There's there is a- an absolutely very, very rosy future for this wonderful whiskey. So we're standing at the back of. For those who've been to Glengoyne, we're standing at the uh, at the old historical water source right at the back of the the Valley of the Wild Geese. And uh, to be honest, it's a bit of a trickle. Yeah, it's not much water today. It's <laughs> not a lot. It's been a very dry summer in Scotland, and uh, we're, uh, I mean, literally, there's like a, a man at, with the top or a lady holding a bucket, throwing it down. There's really not a lot of water. No, no, that's why we don't get all the water from that area. We actually bring in other water because you could not, I don't, you couldn't have a shower in that, let no. alone run a distillery. <laughs> no, we, we get our water from Loch Carron, which is uh, about sort of 10, 15 miles away from here. Um, and that gives us the amount of water that we need, uh, whereas this would be totally unreliable. And the distillery with the, this current amount of water, if this was our water supply, we'd be not producing. So. I, 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 you know, Gordon, I'm getting excited because um, when you come to a distillery, when you leave your house, you bump into people. You don't bump into people in your kitchen on a Teams meeting. No. No, but we've just bumped into someone. We have a friend of the show from series two, I think we he was. Have the man who produces the glass, <laughs> the wonderful, wonderful glass, Mr. Davidson of the Glencairn. Absolutely, glass. and um, full random, of, random, full of full of the joys of spring, and uh, really happy to be out and about because he loves his music. He's away to see the bluebells. Gordon decided to print up some facts about Glengoyne before we go to the. Theme music, would that be the expression? Have we got theme music? Have we paid for that? Well, Dave or Carrie said we could oh, you know, till he, Thanks, till he busts us. Send him another bottle. 1833 all goes live here, Gordon. Uh-huh. It does. 1867, 68, 69, late 1860s, the trains arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. Absolutely. But I love the fact that in 2017, we were the whiskey for the Oscars. The Glengoyne 10 was in the goodie bag for the Oscars. I've got a whole list of important facts, but I love the Oscars. That's unbelievable. That's a, what a great fact that is. I think it's time to cue the... Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. The reason Welcome that- to episode two. On the whiskey trail. Yep, Gordon, we're in the shop. We're in the shop. And we're with, what's your name sir? Malcolm. Malcolm, what brought you to Glengoyne today? Um, I've been a regular visitor here for about 10-15 years now. Uh, we have a week's holiday up here and it's just a nice place to come. And so you, you take away a couple of lovely whiskies there. Oh lovely. The 18 yeah. year old and the Legacy, and the Legacy Series Chapter 2 and some glasses. Yes, some glasses which my son's very carefully looking after for See me. that's the difference between a, a, a good holiday and a very good holiday. <laughs> is that right? Will they be consumed on holiday or is that presents? No, these are for home and presents for my father-in-law. Fabulous, fabulous. And have you, did you have a tour or did you just come to the shop? Uh, no tour this time. Just not, no. But you've been before? Yes. And a bit of a Glengoyne fan? Yes. Fantastic. Give, give us a favourite. We're going to have a wee look around some of the whiskies right now. What's your what's your? Well, you don't to? sell it anymore. The 17-year-old was the best. You like the 17? I did. I think the 18's better. Do you? Well, I disagree, oh, you good see. Discussion. <laughs> good discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy and, the holiday. Yeah, no problem Enjoy the holiday. Cheers. 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 There's lots of whiskies in the shop, but you've went straight to the... What we used to call the 
pour your own, but the cask of the moment. The distillery cask, yeah. So this is a, it's one cask, when it's gone, it's gone. This particular one at the moment here at Glengoyne is a 2010, distilled 17th of November. 2010. Wow. This is a Paulo Cortado cask. This now, hang on. Is, was that the centre forward for Real Madrid? No. That year? No. no. Who is Paulo Cortado? Paulo Cortado <laughs> is a type of sherry that starts off in a fino form and then actually evolves more into an oloroso form because of the lack of floor yeah. naturally. So, a very rare sherry. 1822 cast number, only uh, I think about two, 250, 300 bottles, 55.5%. And what is the colour of that? What a colour, that's deep. An absolute beauty. Deep, deep, lovely, golden, but deep golden colour. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole t time of maturation, yeah. is in a Paulo Cartado. It's not finished for six months. No, no, full maturation. Wow. So, a fantastic uh, limited edition. Not many left, I hear. It's not a sales pitch, but not many left. Oh, nice. That's why it's still in your hand, dear Gordon. So, you can get lost. I love whiskey shops, but this is obviously uh, yeah, specific for Glengoyne at the Glengoyne um, home. But you've come across something else. What, what are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at a Glengoyne 50 year old. <laughs> 50? Oof. Yeah, an absolutely beautiful whiskey. Uh, you know, 50 or 50 plus years in, in, in casks and uh, really just amazing. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I've only got myself a couple of them, obviously. And I, I, I don't have my glasses on, Gordon, but it seems a lot of zeros there. Twenty-two and a half thousand pounds, but you know, fifty years—it's—it's under—I mean, it's five hundred pounds a year. It's not a lot. We've really. talked about this before, but there's a there's an exclusive club of the fifty-year-old, isn't there? About fourteen, fifteen distilleries who've had a fifty-year-old before. So Glengoyne has now entered that club, and we're very excited by this. So, but I mean, what's great about this wonderful whiskey, as is all of our whiskies, but whether you drink a ten-year-old or a thirty-year-old, the cast quality throughout everything, or a fifty is fabulous and that's what makes us oh, i yeah. think so different along with that spirit that we've spoken about on here before. oh we love it gordon but after 50 years though you've got that chance that the wood would overpower the spirit and be like chewing a pencil Absolutely. that's what you've got to exactly. worry about isn't it but no but it's been it's been done with you know balancing it off in terms of how you mature it so you get the best possible whiskey uh, great color great whiskey uh fabulous know? whiskey i've had a little sample oh come on what i've had a little sample of it <laughs> oh, that yeah. didn't seem to i didn't get that memo for, well for no me. i mean it was odd i was eating uh hula hoops at the time but uh <laughs> i just got given some it was great uh, no lovely lovely whiskey so that's great uh, is that your oldest i've never drank a, a 50. Oh, I've drank a 50 before. Right, okay. I've never drank a 50. What's the ago? oldest whiskey you've drunk? That's a very good question. Because that's it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. A, a great debate. Yeah, a great exactly. debate. Yep. Exactly. I think a 30-year-old maybe for myself. But that's yeah. a very good debate if you're listening to this whiskey unscripted. Gordon, who are we going next? Uh, no, we have like, relocated to the office. What poor fool? I mean, whose office are we in? I yeah. think DCI Arnott's office. <laughs> We're in the, the, I think, the, the person that's in charge of Glen Goyne's office. We are, we are, we are. And there is a lovely uh, gantry of whiskey behind us. There is. So I think this used to be Stuart Henry's office. Yes. In this office, there is simply an amazing array of all Glen Goynes. And I've just pulled one off the shelf oh, to discuss. Nice. It is unfortunately closed, um, so we can't drink it. Okay. But this is uh, Billy's Choice, an 18-year-old. Distilled on the 6th of July, 1989. Bottled September 2007. Billy retired how long ago? That was 2018. So about three years ago. Now this, um, obviously, an Amontillado oh, hogshead. And quite simply, it is Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's really dark. 
really, really dark. Um, at and what happened with this range of whiskies was the production operatives and all the people making the whiskey, including yeah. Billy, um, chose a cask that they could be uh, could be bottled. So Ewan's choice, mm-hmm. Duncan's choice, Billy's choice. That was a really popular range of whiskies. Really nice idea, mm, and that looks lovely. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So. Pulled that off the shelf. Oh, that's good. Talk about that. What are you drinking today? Oh, I, I, I tell you what. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to because I know what you're talking about. I have got a little. I know we're in Glengoyne, which is the opposite of smoke, but I have got a lovely little Kalila. Ah, nice which, Kalila. Which will explain because you've been somewhere we'll, last we'll week. We'll explain a bit okay. of that. Yeah. So what have you been drinking? Well, I'm just going to find a glass actually, but I am going to tuck into this shelf. <laughs> um, I'm not going to have Billy's choice because it's because uh, it's a little bit uh, well, it's not open. It's open but um, it's a few I can see a teapot dram there, maybe from two or three years ago. It might have a wee teapot dram, which well, is maybe synonymous with the place that we are. Put a photograph of that shelf up on our we could Facebook. Yeah, That'd be quite nice. That would be very nice. Yes. Gordon, um, lots of nice comments coming from our trip to Edinburgh. Oh. A lot of people caught the little video we did on YouTube about the Johnny Walker experience. Oh. That seems to have gone down quite well. That was a nice trip, was it not? It was a great trip out. That was very nice. Um, and we have, or oh, I have, done a couple of live shows since then. Yes, you have. I've been out on the roads. So you this is, if you've never come across Whiskey Unscripted, we are Whiskey Ambassadors. You're more global in your reach, the global brand ambassador. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I'll, I'll do something in the UK. But yes, a couple of shows in Edinburgh, which you is lovely. Let, you get let out in Europe occasionally. Yes, when they let me. Yeah. But that was lovely to be in a room with live people, where well, they were when I started, live people... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a whiskey night. Yeah, did they enjoy it or were they? Great, no. Did you pay them to be there? Great fun. No, they were free of paid to get out right enough. But it was the story, Glengoyne storytelling experience in Edinburgh, and then we did a lovely one at the Cask and Barrel, which I've said to the mm-hmm. the people that were there. I would give them a wee shout out on this episode. So that's quite nice. Our um, news, Gordon. What have you been up to? Well, I was uh, I was on holiday last week, so this is why we're a little bit late with this uh, second episode. But uh, I was on the island of Isla, so uh, you and your Kaila. I was there for a holiday. Didn't over whiskey myself. Didn't didn't not. didn't go into didn't have a tour because most of the stories are not doing tours on Isla. Uh, but cycled past them, drove past lots of them. Um, but uh, it was great to be on the island of Pete. Well, what I'd like to do after we look at the whiskey news yeah. is. Don't off the top of your head, it is unscripted. Could you put together the Listillery, which is distillery with an L? Gordon Dindassi's Listillery, which is sort of a list of the of the places you might go in Isla mm-hmm. if you wanted to take yeah. a trip there, yeah. and maybe what whiskies you would have there. So, could you try and do that at the same time? I've tasked you, as I do every week, to look at the whiskey news, anything that comes your way. What um, has tickled your fancy? And this has been recorded in the first week of September 2021. Well, let's start with uh, a little bit of... uh, Just going back to what we did in the first episode. For those who want to know, the Johnny Walker Experience opens on September the 6th. So... I know that um, we've got to... We're going to go and have a look at what they're going to do and how they're going to do four floors of... uh, of uh, whiskey wow. storytelling, I think, which will be great from our perspective. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the other thing, a couple of other and things. And I just stop you there, Gordon. Yeah. I believe there might be, I think I've heard, a lovely rooftop 
terrace. Oh. Stroke bar that you can look up Lothian Roads and that will be very nice if that's that the case. Will, well, absolutely love to drink some Johnny Walker up there. That so sounds we'll, great. We'll definitely try and do there. Might um, the recording devices in. But carry on. So Johnny Walker, 6th of September. Yes, I think another couple of things going on. So our wonderful our friends at Gordon and McPhail who... Uh, who obviously have Ben Rumoth Distillery and are, yeah. are distributors in the UK and they are, you know, they're, they're independent bottlers and they're, I mean, they really are a, a bit like Ian McLeod to a certain extent, they're kingpin of the industry. Um, they are, they, they, they are releasing an 80-year-old whiskey, is that not correct? 80-year-old whiskey, that's right. And this is now recorded on the 2nd of September. If you go to Gordon and McPhail's website, I was there this morning, there was a countdown and I think it was just after 12 o'clock. Did you get a bottle? It wasn't on sale yet. Ah, so yeah. they're going to show you the, um, the the decanter that it comes in, an award-winning architect they're working with as well. So it's supposed to look phenomenal, and I, I don't know how many are limited. Well, one. I would imagine eighty years. Quite a lot of it has gone to the angels. So uh, wow, eighty I'm years old. I'm not sure how many how many bottles there are, but uh, but that's fabulous, and and good luck to them with that. They, they now, that, that that is officially the oldest. I think it's the oldest bottled. bottled ever whiskey I think yeah because yeah. I think because uh, you can get old whiskey you know from the 1930s but it's been it was bottled in the 1940s yes so you can get old bottles yes but this one has matured for 80 years yeah and, but and could you just explain Gordon with a 2% evaporation rate mm-hmm. that shouldn't be technically possible was that well that I think the right? 2% evaporation rate will, will decrease over time as you lose volume uh, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as bad as that but or it could increase it depends on a lot of factors but um it's not two percent. It's really roughly about one, I think. It, but also the other thing is alcohol strength is it goes down. So, you know, it's forty four point nine percent. So I mean, that's actually pretty high for yeah. you know this that could maybe even get to ninety if it wanted to. Maybe with that strength left in it, but you're losing roughly around half a percent a year. Roughly? Yeah, no, I mean, again, it depends from cast to cast. But yeah, I mean, but what was it filled at? And you know. Wow. That doesn't mean to say, I mean, I've seen a 40-year-old whiskey at 58%, so, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, but uh, if it filled it off the still strength, which it probably was back then, probably around about 70, then it's lost about 25% alcohol over those it's... over that 80 years. But clearly a very good cask, and they've done very, very well. The other interesting fact, we were up in Tamdu recently drove past their new distillery, the Cairn, just north of, uh, yes. just near Grand Granton on Spey, and that's really coming on leaps and bounds. And I, uh, I drove past the stills, were they? and they're building around the stills. And they are, you know, yeah, yeah, so the Cairngorm yeah. National Park. So, yeah, um, there's a discussion about how many distilleries it'll take before we start tipping. Well, I think well, when we tip, th- maybe. Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, there are a lot of new distilleries in Scotland at the moment, and uh, you know not all of them are going to su- succeed. That's the way it goes. But uh, with the talent at Gordon McPhail, the talent we've got at Ro- with what's happening at Rosebank, I was at Rosebank on uh-huh. Tuesday, and we if you if anybody's driving past Rosebank or you're going to see a bit more footage of Rosebank, join the Rosebank Club to find out what's going on. But Rosebank's coming on and with a view to producing spirit in ju- June next year. Wow. So, so the steel structure's up. I'm steel not, structures okay. are up. Steels are going in in the next couple of months. So yeah, it's really moving on as well. So really, really encouraging. Right, we'll have to try and get a note to selves. We, try and absolutely. get a little show about Rosebank. That was absolutely great. Gordon, this is a roundup of the news from early September 2021. Anything else that's caught your eye? Yes, well, a friend of the show, James Campbell, has uh, stepped down as the... 
uh, Spirit of Speyside chairman. So um, James, I know he's an avid listener. Uh, he sent us a couple of emails going, and when is episode four going to start? <laughs> Uh, keen golfer as well bit of a bit of a bandit I hear uh, and clearly he's only going to get better in the coming months uh, George McNeil who's the managing director of Johnson's Velgas retail division has been appointed appointed the chairman so yeah. um, good luck to him Johnson's of Elgin another huge employer and another huge uh, industry up there that's fabulous to see that and, Great. Uh, his first job will be the in-person festival which is. when is that I believe that's the early November yeah. which I mean, we had a discussion actually about it at, at Tamdu, and it's not a great time of the year for a, for a lot of reasons, uh, in terms of just a you know in terms of weather, but also in terms of timing. It's a really busy time for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, but it'd be a great to go and you know get a mini Speyside Whiskey Festival off in November, back with the main one in May. We hope. Oh yeah, I hope so. That is that's uh, very interesting. Again. Discussion of festivals, the Space Side, Spirit Space Side, first one was 1999. Sometimes you think these have been on for a hundred odd years. No, 1999 was the first Spirit of Space Side festival. Was that what Prince was singing about? Uh, yes, going to part of like, the, the Spirit of Space Side festival, 1999. Yeah. And of course, the highlight of the um, Space Side festivals is usually the, the gala dinner. And I believe there's a gentleman in 2018 did the gala dinner at the Space Side Festival. They're still talking about him to this very, very... There was, yeah, there was. Uh, I think he did a thing called Whiskey Bingo, is that not correct? <laughs> right. Mr. Dallas, that went down the store. That's right. Now it's... What, what that's else the news. That's the end of the news. End of news. Good, 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 good stuff. You were going to try and put together a listillery for Isla. Uh-huh. Is it still fresh in your well, I mean, mind? If yeah. someone was listening and you want to do the ultimate road trip... Now, you did this for, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, the Highlands... Yeah. In that previous well, episode, will give us the ultimate road trip. Well, I mean, the key point with Isla is it's not very big, so you can do quite a lot in one day. Um, we actually cycled round it and cycled from Bomore to Port Haven past um, past Brookladdy, predominantly is the main distillery. It was the only distillery really on the way, um, uh, which was shut, so we couldn't go in there. Um, drove past Kilhoman uh-huh. uh, on the way to the one place you almost have to go, which is Machir Bay. Just stunning. We went there in sunrise and it was just, it's a beach. If you didn't know, you could be in Greece or, mm. you know, just beautiful, beautiful beach, which is on the west side of Isla. Next stop, uh, Canada, you know. Uh, so beautiful, beautiful. So we drove past Kilhoman. I've never actually been to Kilhoman. So, um, but I think what's, what, what strikes you about Isla is that, you know, if you're on the south side of the island, um, you've got Ardbeg, Lagavulin. and and Lafroig, and they're, they're probably renowned as the most smoky whiskies. And so the south end of the island, if you're a big smoky fan, that's your that's your distillery. That's where you need to go. Give us one of the whiskies out of the out of the, one of those threes. What what you know? Just well, one. I think the two most famous ones. I mean, I I'm a big uh, Lafroig ten is we know mm. is and and probably Lagavulin sixteen are are probably the two most famous. Are big ten as well. I mean, they're three of the sort of core range. You know, really are the centre of those brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lefroig famously sells more Lefroig 10 than, than any other whiskey by a long way, to a point that no other brand relies on one product as much as Lefroig does. But uh, then you can go... I was staying in Bamore. Why would you want to go to Bamore and Bamore Distillery? It's a beautiful distillery, but it is the second oldest distillery in Scotland. Wow. 1779. Mm-hmm. The oldest being... Um, Glen Turret in 1776, so it is the second oldest l- legal distillery, uh, and that you forget. I mean, that's a good uh, 
44 years ahead of where we are here. Yeah. So, in fact, 54 years. So, uh, you know, quite a lot younger than, uh, than uh, or older, should I say, than, than Glen Goyne. But, um, but more, much more the mid-level peatiness, great range of whiskies as well, great tour, great people. Um, and then the lighter end, if you're into what, your lighter PTA. Give us, give us, give us what, 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 what Bowmore range? What age or what, what, what expression from Bowmore before we head off from there? Uh, that would be a nice oh. recommendation. I'm a big fan of their uh, 15 year old. It used to be right. called Darkest, so finished in cherry casks. Uh, so the 15's a cracker. 15's a cracker, right. Finally, we're heading up. you're heading up to um, Kaila. So you've got your Kaila oh. there. I do indeed. It's a Kaila Twelve. Kaila Twelve. Kaila is probably the, the the oddest distillery. It's not the oddest, but it's a big distillery. But most mm. of that is produced for Johnny Walker. So most of that spirit goes off the island. Then mm. is 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 going to feed the experience in Edinburgh. It's all about you know a lot of that peated whiskey is needed for for uh, for Johnny Walker. But great whiskey. How is your Kaila? Oh, it's lovely. It is. It's a lovely. I'm just thinking of that Macaire Bay as I have a wee sip of this. Mm. Mm. And then you've got um, Ardnahoe up that way, which is the new distillery from Hunter Lane. Mm -hmm. What makes that one a little bit different? It's got worm tub condensers. Oh, very nice. Um, so a little bit different. Um, beautiful view of Jura from there, uh, of the Pats. Uh, love, I love Pats. Um, and then a um, bit of a Renaissance part of Distel. Um, nice... Generally lighter peated whiskey, like, uh, but I think they do heavier peated versions as well. And sold at the same in the same year as Glengoyne. So it was a sister of this distillery that we're sitting in at the moment. Um, so that would be two days, three days, you could do Isla. I think you could do Isla if you want to have a couple of whiskies at two to three days. Right, that's a fantastic, that is Gordon Dundas's Listillery. Not to mention, oh, an course, not to mention, of course, when the Calmac trip over, which is a unique trip. Uh, how did it go? Uh, it's fabulous. <laughs> I, and just to say, because it's a bit of a legend that most people know, if you ever on a Calmac trip, you should have the macaroni and cheese. I ha refrained because I'm obviously watching my weight. Okay, right. But it's something to have. Something to have. Right, that's the, the experience. These are the details we need to know about mac and cheese on the ferry and then do exactly what Gordon and Nazi's trip suggests with those little drams as well. Gordon, that brings us neatly on just in this, just to put a little addendum to the, the Isla chat and I have got a little challenge in a second was I just thought a year that changed whiskey and this expression or this example is the year that changed Isla and I just thought we'll try and dust down this little uh, section of the show and I'd like to take you back to 1725 when the government of the day introduced the much hated malt tax now in England's not so much malt consumed down there, so it was seen as very unfair for the beer makers and even whiskey makers north of the border. So in 1725, there was riots in the streets. Riots in Edinburgh, and there was riots in Glasgow, but does it surprise you that in Glasgow they do that rioting just a little bit better? And they went along to the <laughs> local MP's house, a Daniel Campbell, and they ransacked his house and burnt it to the ground. Yeah. And... And did a bit of research on this one. Da Daniel Campbell of Shawfields was quite a um, character. And some say the house wasn't burned down. There was a mild amount of ransacking, but he got £10,000 in compensation from the city of Glasgow, really forced on by the British government. And that was, it was quite a help. I never even mentioned during the riots, there was nine shot dead 
and 16 injured. This is how strongly the people felt of it. But he got 10 grand in compensation and purchased the island of... Isla. Correct. £10,000 in compensation yep. back in 1725. Must have been millions. Must have been millions. Times up with 10 or something, a factor of 12. So he um, purchased the island of Isla after a few bits of negotiation with the previous. I'm not going into details. But he set about reformation of the lands, uh, crop rotation. He replaced the old ancient strain of barley, the bear, bear, bear mm-hmm. uh, with modern strains of barley. And this led to excess grain. He brought in mining as well. So mining going on, excess grain going on, they started to become a distilling industry. Right. His grandson then continued the improvements, bringing to fruition the Bowmore village in the 1760s, which led to the distillery being built, as you said, in 1779. And the practice of distilling have become so widespread that after 50 years, I've got a quote here from the Reverend John McLeish of Kildonan. The Reverend John McLeish in 1777 says, and I quote one, We have not an excise officer on the whole island. The quantity of whiskey made, therefore, is very great. And the evil that follows due to the excess of this liquor is very visible on the island. So the reverend was not very happy about the booze getting consumed and getting made on the island of Isla. So that really, you know, that purchase of Isla by Daniel Campbell kick-started the whiskey movement as we know it. His grandson started the Bowmore. So that really um, rioting in 1725... Over the malt tax. Now, one quick... Yeah. More bit of information. So the malt tax... Uh, affected hugely the uh, as, as we've heard the Irish had a similar situation similar mm-hmm. weren't very happy with it and this is what then created that that um, type of whiskey you get in Ireland called single pot still or pure pot still whiskey which is made with just barley uh, and only a smaller amount of malted barley so there you go. That people always ask, he says, dropping his glasses, the difference between Irish whiskies and Scotch whiskies. And John Cashman on a previous podcast has talked about that in great length. But it was a lot of times I say they can use unmalted barley in their yeah, the mash bill. And that relates to their malt tax. A lot of it does, yeah. They know they didn't want to pay the tax on malt, so they just started using unmalted barley. That is it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So that was the year that changed whiskey. Now, Rubbish. <laughs> we get that all the time, Gordon. Right, we're, we've now moved to another part of the the uh, distillery because I'm after a challenge. We've, you know, every so often we like to do challenges, Gordon. It was a 20 second hand wash challenge at the start of all this business. Remember that was those? Only a year and a half ago. <laughs> now we're talked about you going to Isla. I wrote a quiz. It took me almost half an hour, uh, and 20 minutes of that was watching TV. It's called the Peak Challenge. Are you up for this? Uh, yeah. Okay, I've tried to get some challengers. Um, right. uh, your name? Amy. Amy's going to challenge you. And uh, your name? Senga. Senga is going to challenge you. I'm not that sure it's a real name. Uh, and we've got your name? Back with Agnes. It's a deep voice. Amy, what do you do at Glengoyne? I am a distillery ambassador entertaining the guests at Glengoyne. Okay. But right, not, not, right now, you are a challenger. You're going to take Gordon and Das on head to head, Amy. And you've got some, you've got backwards Senga, he's going to leave. And you have um, 
God, so that's Agnes and you've got Seng in the background. Okay. Uh, Gordon, there's a pizzeria in Isla called the Pete Zaria. And it's P-E-A-T. Zaria. Pizzeria. Ah, they've shoehorned Pete into the title. Uh, genius. Okay, so that's roughly the level of this quiz. So here we go, Amy and Gordon Dundas. You go first, Gordon. Um, just give me the one more answer. And Pete is in the answer. Okay? So, just give me this. Now, um, I watch television all the time. I mean, they show the same programmes again and again. This programme's always on. Why do they always show... A repeat. Correct! <laughs> this is the correct answer. Repeats. Uh, see what I did there? Pete is in the answer. Amy, it's 1-0 to Gordon Dundas. This is high, bro. I told you this. Okay. I like watching Olympics. Really enjoyed watching Olympics and now the Paralympics. And um, One day, if I train hard enough, I might be able to... Compete. Yes! Compete in the games. It's one each. Um, Gordon, um, you'll find the Winter Palace in this place. What's Russia's second largest city? St. Petersburg. It's 2-1 to Gordon Dundas. Okay. Amy, this is a tricky one. Born 12th of August 1971. He's a, an American former professional tennis player. His professional career began in 1988. He ended his career in 2002 at the US Open where he defeated his longtime rival... Andre Agassi. He won 14 Grand Slam singles during his career. What is his name? Pete. Something. Does your friend know? Pete. No, Pete. No, no. Oh, Gordon, you can come in and steal it. Sampras. Pete Sampras. It's 3-1. 3-1 to Pete Sampras. Back to Gordon Dundas. Potassium nitrate, especially as a component of gunpowder, was called nitrate of potash. It's also been called Chinese salt or Chinese snow. What am I talking about? One word. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Pete's in there somewhere. What can it be? Uh, Amy, can you steal it? Senga. Senga. Can't even remember half the start of the question. <laughs> Potassium nitrate's also called at home saltpeter. Saltpeter. So it's three one. Um, yes, it is. Uh, over to um, over to Amy. Amy, a cathedral city in Cambridgeshire, famous for its railway, is also a town in Hillsborough County, New Hampshire, United States. Not got a clue, Senga. Peterborough. Peterborough is the correct answer. Peterborough, three two. Gordon, this could put you out of uh, out of touch. He's often credited as the greatest comedian of all time. He became famous for the Pink Panther movies. What is his name? Uh, Peter. Yes. <laughs> Piper. No. Peter Piper could be a steal. No, 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 no. It's Peter Sellers. And which means Gordon Dundas has just scraped in this Pete challenge, the first and possibly the last competition of its type on Whiskey Unscripted. So from the house, yes? And the funny thing about it, I went to the pizzeria restaurant, it was very good. And the other funny thing about it is that we're doing a quiz about Pete in a distillery that has never used Pete. <laughs> That's right. We are the complete antithesis to Pete, so we're always fascinated by it, but we'll never use it. So, great. Let's go, Gordon. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, your friend, Senior. Uh, I have now managed to lose Gordon Dundas. He's up to too much whiskey in this place. So I've lost. I'm on my own. I've headed down to the warehouses. I've just bumped into my good friend, who, if you watched the Facebook Live events that Glenn Goyne did, Blair from the warehouse um, team, your warehouse manager, Blair, you were on 
dr- drinking, <laughs> talking about the, the, the whiskies that night. Yep, having some uh, good drums. What was that again? We were drinking, do you remember? There was a few really good casks. Um, we had a, a bourbon barrel. Uh, we had a refill hogshead. And, of course, the, the cask that won was the um, Madeira cask. Madeira cask, that's it. So we're, 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 we're t- tasting and sampling all these, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure it was. Have to go back and watch it again. Still up there on YouTube. As indeed, go and watch uh, it. Facebook Live, Glenn Goyne. Blair, sorry, I know you're very busy writing stuff down here. Uh, we're in the... Where are we? We're in the filling store just now, so warehouse two, and uh, down in the warehousing. And just now you can see in the in there the guys are doing a filling just now. Oh, um, right. So it's a really small filling today. We've only got about fifty four hogsheads to fill, um, and then they're going straight into the warehousing. So so the spirit coming across from the the still house can can vary in quantity. Is that right? It can absolutely depend on how long we let it build up for in the tanks. It depends on how big a filling we do. Now, so. we'll maybe try and put a photograph. I'll take one from outside, in case Robbie's listening. Uh, but there's white enders and there's red enders. What's the difference between these hogsheads I'm looking at? Mm-hmm. So a white end basically tells us that it's a, a refill cask. Um, when it's got a red end on it, it means that the bottling plant have said that that's a really good cask. Ah. It's had a really good colour to it. Um, so we select it as red, so it's one to watch, basically. Right, right. So both refills? Yes, basically. both refills, just the reds. One was, uh, they said it was a really good cask. Right, I've not been down here for a while. There's a new roof on those warehouses. We now, how many warehouses? We've got eight warehouses here, is that right? We have four, four modern ones, two old ones, and then we have the number one warehouse, which has the beautiful display up the road. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a warehouse eight, is that right? Yes, that's the one that just got its new roof replaced. Ah, right, okay. So um, how long did that take? Um, it only took maybe about four or five weeks, give so or the, take. So the roof is okay, but roof. how long did it take to get the stuff out? The st- yeah, the stuff out <laughs> took a wee bit longer than that. Oh, so that's um, the job, is it? Moving everything out? That's it, moving it in and then moving it out again. Has it, it moved in yet? <laughs> no, it's completely empty. Um, I'll, I'll let you see in there in a few seconds. Um, and it's ready for the first cast to go on it uh, pretty soon. And that's the warehouses. We can only go three high. Yep. What's the, what's the difficulty there? So it's the three high, but you've got big long racks to put it on well that's it um in the traditional dunnage warehouses it's three high because back in the day that's how high you could lift them (laughs) that's basically why it's uh, taken down to three um and yeah it's a bit of a labor intensive job for that as opposed to like the more modern things which is like racking and tearing where you're using a forklift you know yeah what's Um, your favorite what's your preferred warehousing dunnage dunnage traditional (laughs) yeah yeah that's where the best stuff is kept, is that right? The Dunnage warehouses? That's it. I mean, there's there's lots of different theories. Uh, they say that um, in a Dunnage warehouse, it will mature better because of the damp, cold atmosphere. It's very traditional. Um, so they say the best stuff comes from there, yeah. Right. Blair, finally, I'm going to let you go. Um, you're at a, a, a computer here just now. What's the, what's the main sort of thing you have to do at the, the job? And what is your official title? But what is the, what's, what keeps you occupied? from morning to night and during the week what's the main job keeping those guys busy (laughs) (laughs) we're looking through a glass (laughs) standing still um no uh, official title would be warehouse team leader um and basically that just entails everything that's to do with the spirit coming from the still house that's putting into casks that's going into tankers and getting stored away in the warehouses um and that that's the same for when john glass like our master blender he'll maybe request some casks so we need to dig them out send them through to him and he can bottle them so he asks for samples first and then he'll say yep. I want that cast, that cast, that cast and that's what makes up the, yep. the whiskey yep. it's a fun day getting samples as well <laughs> let's go and find them there's a box around here somewhere Absolutely. I'll let you get back to work because they're not they're not doing too much there I'm sure right. okay. Okay, okay, thanks Cheers, so much, bye bye
So, John Caskin. Blair is, um, Blair, what are we doing? So we're opening up uh, Warehouse 8 just now, so we can see the brand new roof that's on. Um, it's a bit of a different perspective since it's completely empty. That is, I've never, I don't know if I've seen that. I've seen a few one. times, but um, yep. completely empty. That's it. When I first started as a warehouseman back in the day, only uh, what was that? Three years ago. <laughs> uh, number seven was getting emptied to get its new roof. Wow. And then over the piece, we've been filling that slowly back up. So that's now full. So then we started on this one. So you can see it just now. It's nice and empty. I have never seen. That. Yeah, that is amazing. And beside me is all these. Um, what do you call these? These are the bits of wood that they sit on. That's it. That's the, the racks that we put them on. So they'll sit on the, the floor, cast on top of that, then the beams on top of that, and then they would just build it up until you get up to either three high for huggies or two high for butts. How, uh, how many casks can fit in here? Yeah. Uh, well, Dunnage warehousing is obviously a lot less than your modern stuff. Um, so in each of the Dunnage ones, we'll maybe only get about two and a half thousand, oh. give or take. Um, whereas up in the bigger ones, um, you can get up more, kind of like 4,000. It's almost double. Wow. You know. And what I quite like about it, it's still the iron, old iron works. It's a new roof, but it, it's old brick and all that. It's not, it's not, it's not fancy. It's nope. just a nice, still kept, it's Very traditional, traditional. very classy. Um, as, I mean, you'll probably know the day that these were built. Um, it's probably exactly the same since then. Yeah. You know, as you say, new roof that will probably outlast me, but these, these walls have outlasted a lot of people. That's so. right. I think the lease for the lands, I think we talked about this, was the same year that Tam Do mm -hmm. um, opened up in 1897. Yep. So, so you're looking at well over 100 years of history here. And the absolutely. roof cannot have been changed that often. No, not, not often. As I, I think it's been changed once before this one um, in that uh, time span. Um, and again, this one should last a lot longer than that one. So. It's amazing, people. this is where the magic happens, Blair. Absolutely. Even in an empty warehouse, when you're walking in, you do get that kind of feeling of it. You know, the casts aren't there, but when you're walking in, you see it, it's, it's quite magical to, to it's me anyway. It's just amazing. Thank you so much for showing it. And I'll Not at all. stand back there, take a few photographs, and you can have a wee look in our Facebook page and see this. And you'll never probably see this again. Never. Like this. No, hopefully not. <laughs> it's a lot of work to undo it. And how long, basically, have you put aside to, to fill this? Um, it depends how fast we fill them, to be honest. Right. Um, how fast we get the casts in, so it's not really a time scale. Really roughly about the same as next door, which is about maybe a year, year and a half. Oh, just take, and it's completely full. Wow, so. wow. That's, that's take it from there. Take it from there. That's, that's not, it's not a quick process, is it? Not at all. Right. We're unhurried. <laughs> and by the way, just a, a come in and you were battering a, a cask there. Yep. What, what was going on next door in the filling store? It was uh, a bit of a, a leaky cask. Unfortunately, we don't like to see that. Um, all it was was uh, one of the hoops uh, was a little bit loose. So you get your driver and your hammer, you batter down the hoops and that tightens everything up. So it stopped it leaking, hopefully. That must be, that's, that's sort of one of the hazards, I would imagine, of, of this business. That's it's it. the, the leaky cask is the leaky cask, the, the, the thing of doom. Uh, yeah, we don't get it much often, right. um, but when you do hear about it, obviously it's not nice to see, but it's, it's almost yeah, it's part and parcel. Just um, managed to persuade Blair to open up another warehouse. Where, where are we, Blair? We cannot get enough of this. So this is Warehouse 7. So again, the second one of our traditional warehouses. Had its roof done and now we've refilled it. So as you can see, a bit very different to, oh, next, yeah. to next door. Um, this one's full at the moment. Um, so there's lots of really nice stuff kicking about in here. It does look really good. We just talked earlier on in the show about Gordon McPhail and their warehousing and the 80-year-olds. But there's some there's some old whiskies here. What, how, how far do some of them go back? Well, the, the oldest one we have in this warehouse just now is a 1972. So mm -hmm. that'll be coming up on 50, won't it? So, 
I'm sure that'll be a nice yeah, drum. Absolutely. A very nice drum. Yep. Uh, any other highlights in here? And there's some people I can see that have got their own casks. We have a cask owning. Absolutely, we do have that. Uh, so you can see the ones group. at the front. Uh, they've got all their different names on them. So they're people who own their own personal casks of Glengoin. And that stopped. That's it? That, that, so popular. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. That's great to see. How lucky to have yep. your own casks sitting absolutely. here. Absolutely. They're still here and they get a sample of it every year to see how it's getting on to watch its journey. Um, but when you're looking around, you can see lots of different ones. You can see maybe some Palo Cortado casks. Ah, yeah, really, we'll just really try nice. one up the shop. Absolutely. You right. can see behind us here, these are some of the port pipes. Ah, we actually had another right. one of those in the tasting that That's we've right. done. We were trying to work out what we were tasting. Which one? <laughs> it was so successful, we tasted so many. We were a wee bit confused, but that's yep. a port pipe, so they're slightly longer. Absolutely. It's more of a kind of cigar shape, as right. you can see. Uh, really, really big, but quite difficult to fit in places. <laughs> That's why they're is, is that is that yeah. some more difficult than others to handle? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can see there. If I'm bending down, the span of that—that's about the span of my arms. Yeah. You know, so it's quite massive. hard to handle. And they're about seven hundred liters of port pipes. Yeah, roughly. about six six hundred six fifty. Okay. Um, give or take. So they're the biggest we have, and you're le legally allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're really, really nice. Um, again, looking around, those ones there, uh, there are some Rioja casks, some wine casks. Oh, yes. So they'd have a, a nice different kind of vibe on them. Um, and again, our classic sherry cask that we've got. Uh, yeah, of uh, course, that's wine. what we're well known for, all of us are sherry, but yeah. But uh, Rioja's quite, that's quite, quite interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a few odds and saws around that are quite um, quite interesting you'd like to see, you know. And, and the other thing I'd, which I'd love to see, but... Um, there is chat about where they are located in the warehousing because there's some high parts of the roof and there's some low parts of the roof. Absolutely, yeah. Do you find that makes a difference? Because you're sometimes tasked with coming up the uh, tasks, so you know, uh, they uh, phone uh, up yep. you to say we need a single cask. Yep, and it's a tough job to have to come down and sample. You know, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Sorry, it's not you. But, you know, I can be. I can be. <laughs> is there a difference where it is situated? Have you got hot spots in the warehouse? There can be. You know, when you've got a cask sitting below the peak of the roof. It's going to mature differently to one that's right at the, the valley, you know, right at the low point there because mm -hmm. of the heat will be different. Um, so it'll expand and contract more. So the ones that are getting hotter will mature faster. Um, so you will get slight differences in them. Uh, thankfully, the new roof um, has kind of curtailed that. It's kind of slowed it down a wee bit. Um, it's insulated well. But um, yeah, I mean, the ones that are buried right in the floor are going to be really, really cool as opposed to the ones that are on top. Ah, yeah, yeah, yes. And I just, um, I have to ask, Mm -hmm. The Rosebank. We've talked about Rosebank already. <laughs> Gordon was here last week. Uh, this is a, an amazing story, bringing it back to life Absolutely. from 1993. That's the youngest whiskey because it was closed. Yep. Have we still got some here? We do indeed. We've got just a small amount left. Um, we split the stock between ourselves and up at Tamdu. So we were lucky enough to get some and some of that's already been taken. Uh, to be bottled, but we do have a wee parcel just up there left, so still kicking about. Wow, that's a, that's a bit of history there, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Careful when we're handling those ones. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Great, Blair, thank you so much for letting us into Warehouse 7. No problem. Absolutely. Uh, Come on down anytime. I will. <laughs> I think I could do a, a little shift and help you guys. Absolutely. I can, uh, no dramming, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> those days are long gone, Absolutely. sadly. <laughs> it is. When you, when you think about the people that have stood in your shoes and been in these warehouses. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It I must mean, be something to think about, the people you've, your predecessors. Oh, for sure. I mean, when I first started down here, it was Deke, uh, Derek, uh, the old team leader down here, who retired after 42 years, you know, so 42 years of working in here, the knowledge, the experience that you build up doing that, it's 
phenomenal. And he passed it on to people like yourself. And yeah. He got it passed on to him. What, yep, some generations in the, past. In the 70s, he joined here. So, yeah, yep. it was right back. So, yeah, it's amazing. Just as we're walking out the door here, actually, Gordon, on your left hand side, you can see the original excise office. So that's where the, the watchman used to sit in there as we heat on a cup of coffee and just watch every single move that you make, making right. sure you're not stealing anything or rolling a cask out the door that's not meant to be there. That's right. You know, he was always watching you. So that's, that's where he sat. And called the, called the watcher. Called the watcher. The watchy. That's his office. And now it's just Robbie Hughes that does that from, tell us, from Far binoculars. Away. From <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Brilliant, Blair. Thank you so much. I'm going to try and find Gordon! Where did you go? You missed that great tour there at Dunnage Warehouses. I went back to that office that had all those samples in it. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. It is. It's great. How, how, quite enjoyed our trip to Glengoyne, Gordon. It's been great. It's been great. It's been good to be here. Good to see Good to see people touring around again. We've, got, we've, got, we've actually got visitors. It's great. It's a lovely day. It's fantastic. I yeah. was going to try and put my uh, neb into them, but I'll let them enjoy their tour at the moment. Yeah. Just before we go, Gordon, I want to just to trial out for the next episodes my new um, little game which I'm calling the playoffs the playoffs Gordon, right, okay. very quickly the playoffs just to finish finale in the Glengoy you can hear some cars in the background I've got people waiting there for the four o'clock bus uh, Gordon playoffs who's going to progress out of these two ginger ale versus soda oh soda you reckon soda yeah we are talking whiskey and whiskey, it's not no, just... No, soda, soda. I think soda's going to allow more flavour of the whiskey to come through, but soda. Soda, okay. Playoffs uh, for the finale. Cork Stopper versus Screw Cap. Well, having worked for companies that use both, I'm afraid a Cork Stopper, the noise it makes when you put it out of the bottle is always a winner. So Cork Stopper for me. And I'm going to just... I, I was going to do two, but just for the third one. This is a tricky one. It's the playoffs. Unchill filtered versus undiluted. Always thinking, ladies and gentlemen. This I, I knew you'd get them. I've got a whole lot of these. Um, unchill filtered. Ooh. What's the decision there? Well, I don't think you would ever chill filter a whiskey that's undiluted. But if you had a whiskey that was unchill filtered and you had one, I see what you mean. So you have tied me up with my own petard, as they say. <laughs> Brilliant, Gordon. That's, we'll do more of that. And next week, I've got my whiskey book at bedtime. No time to get into whiskey that. Whiskey book at bedtime. Whiskey book at bedtime. That's all coming up on episode three, series four of Whiskey Unscripted. Gordon, final words? I mean, if, if, if nothing else, this is a diverse podcast. <laughs> let's call it a mixed bag, but let's go back to the office. Gordon. Yeah, right. Thank you to Blair and uh, thank you to the team here at Glengoyne for letting us on site. Fabulous day. Cheers. Bye. Gordon, thank you. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye.